The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Good evening. Welcome to the Finsider Perspective with Kevin Nogle. Obviously, I'm Kevin Nogle. This is a new podcast that I'm trying to start up, and I know that uh, you guys have gotten used to me being an author on the site and running thefinsider.com. But back in the day, I used to do Finsider Radio and be one of the guys on there and slowly over the years just due to time and everything else going on I've had to step away from that and I was a guest several times and then it just has slowly disappeared into I don't do the podcast thing very much anymore but over the past probably couple months I've been thinking more and more about trying to get back into doing this and trying to get back to having this different avenue to kind of have like a stream of consciousness therapy session type of event where I just can talk and see what happens. Um, There's no guests. There's no bouncing ideas off of somebody else. It's just me talking to you guys for 15 to 20 minutes, maybe. Um, I'm going to try to do them every Wednesday night. Look at it like a compliment to Finsider Radio and the blowhole and just add another voice to Finsider Radio. Um, Hopefully you like it. If not, give me ideas on what you would like me to see or to do. Um, Obviously it's going to evolve and change and I'll I'll talk different things and um, just see where this goes as a show, where each individual show goes and just try to get a way to have a little bit of therapy for myself, 
talk out some of the things that maybe I don't get a chance to write about, or maybe it's not enough information to be a full, um, full article, but it's something that I want to at least delve into a little bit. So that's the idea behind this show. Um, we'll see where it goes and what happens. So welcome to the first episode. Um, I've got just a series of topics that I wanted to talk about tonight. So, uh, first up, let's just start where probably every football conversation starts when it comes to a team. And let's just talk about Tua. And uh, Tua Tungavailoa obviously is a um, major part of this team, but he's a major topic of discussion right now, too, because the Dolphins don't really come out and say that he is their guy for the future. Um, there's a lot of present tense that Tua is our quarterback, but that doesn't mean that he is going to be the quarterback. So there's all kinds of speculation. Um, I think part of that is the Dolphins just don't like to admit to anything. They don't want to say definitively one way or the other. And I think that's the Patriot way that Brian Flores learned and he's bringing it down here. And I know that there are people on Twitter that talk about how dumb it is and how it doesn't really work except for in Bill Belichick's head. And because of the way that team won, people put up with it. I, I, I don't care one way or the other. I honestly, it, what, what a coach says or doesn't say in public, you don't know what he's saying behind closed doors. There are reports that he has absolutely told Tua, you are my guy, you are this team's quarterback, this is your team, and and, and I don't know what happens tomorrow, but Brian Flores and Chris Greer probably don't know what happens tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow the Texans come back and say, hey, we want one number one, and of course the Dolphins have to do that if they're going to get Deshaun Watson, but if they they don't pull the trigger on that trade, then two is the guy. If they do, they'll figure it out. I I, I don't know, um, and obviously I'll get to the trade a little bit here in a little while, but I just I look at what two is doing right now, and he's had really he's had three games, but in four games this year, he's playing pretty well. I mean, he's on just below 70% completion rate. He has 835 passing yards, seven touchdowns, four interceptions. So probably a little bit high on the ratio there. Um, but it's a really small sample size still. So that could go either way. Um, he, he's got a 95 passer rating. So he, he's doing well. Um, and, and remember, we are... 13 starts into his career. 12 if you take out the Bills game where obviously he did not play um, very long. So you're looking at a 12-start rookie, essentially. He has not played enough yet to complete a season. So yeah, he still makes mistakes. And some of those interceptions are just so very bad. Uh, but... He's trying to make something happen, and, and he, he's going to learn. Um, I don't know if uh, if he, he's going to be the guy. I don't know if the coaches are 
are, are completely locked in on him. But I think that he is good enough and is shown the flashes. Yes, obviously everybody looks at Justin Herbert and says the Dolphins should have gone after him. Yes, I get it. But the talk at the time, I mean, we're playing revisionist history and that he was, Herbert was not the guy that anybody was talking about. Even when he came up, I mean, Mike Tannenbaum said he was the number one quarterback of the three and he got laughed off stage. Herbert was seen as by so many Dolphins fans as just Ryan Tannehill 2.0. And oh, if they get him, I'm going to hate the team forever. And Tua was the number one overall draft pick until, until his injury. So I, I looking back and saying, oh, we could have had this guy. We could have had that guy. Yeah, it, it sounds great. And yes, every team in the league can do that about somebody. And it could happen for this draft. It could happen for the draft before that. It could happen for three drafts ago. It, whatever. There's always somebody that you can point to and say, oh, we should have taken him. Um, maybe not Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning or somebody like that. But everybody could say we should have taken him. And I mean, the the obvious one there is Tom Brady. That I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't. I don't buy into the we should have taken Herbert over Tua at this point. Let Tua grow. Let him grow. Um, but on the next piece, Jalen Waddle. Waddle is playing really well, but the Dolphins are turning him into a short yardage possession type wide receiver, and that's not why you drafted him. I, I have no issue with Waddle or Chase or Smith, any any of that discussion. I, the Dolphins went with Waddle. Okay, that's their guy. Go. Um, he, he's just, he's becoming a possession guy, and it's, the Dolphins aren't taking those shots downfield. Part of that is the offensive line, I think, but it's just, and, and part of that may just be with all the injuries to the wide receivers, you, you have to have somebody that's the possession guy, and... Mike Gesicki is becoming such a big play guy that Waddle's kind of getting forced into that possession receiver player. But, I mean, he is putting up ridiculous numbers, though, in terms of catches. He's at 44 receptions in seven games. Um, to, 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 to compare that. Jarvis Landry had 25 receptions in seven games. Landry had 84 receptions for his rookie year. Waddle's at 44. He's basically a little bit over half of Landry's receptions. Waddle already has through seven games. So he's putting up great reception numbers. But Landry had a 9.0 yard per reception average as a rookie. Waddle's at 8.7. He has 384 yards, but he has 8.7 yards per reception right now. So that's obviously got to change. That's got to be increased. That's got to be um, turned around and turned into a deeper threat and let him. And, and maybe that's part of Tua growing and them finding that chemistry again and having somebody like Devontae Parker or Will Fuller back out there and able to 
take some of the pressure off of Waddle. Um, I'm going to talk Javon Holland next, but uh, first, we got to pay the bills, so let's go ahead and get an ad, and uh, hopefully you will stick with me through that. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So thank you. Uh, welcome back. Um, turning to the defensive side of the ball, Javon Holland is turning into a beast. I love what this guy is bringing out there. He is playing so well. Yes, he makes rookie mistakes still. He 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 in 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 the long touchdown, he probably shouldn't have been looking for that shorter route. He should have been back there to help Xavier Howard, but Holland is going to make those mistakes, but when he is on, he is on, he is fast, he is all over the field, he makes plays. So I think that as he continues this year and as the Dolphins continue to see him grow, Holland is going to be a great player, I think, in the back of Miami's defense. Um, So, yeah, quick little blurb on Javon Holland. Um, Looking ahead, obviously, this is Bill's Week Part 2 for the season and Bill's Week Part 1, we'll say, um, was underwhelming for Miami. Um 35 to nothing is hard, especially when spirits were way up heading into that game. If Miami had won that game, they would have been 2 and 0 on the year. They would have been two games ahead of the Bills. Everything looked great. And yeah, then the Bills did what the Bills are probably going to do to Miami again. Hopefully not, but Buffalo is a really really good team and it I hate hate saying that. But they are a really really good team. I I expected to see um, Josh Allen regress this year, um, just because that was such a huge, huge jump for Allen from year one and two to year three. And so I thought you would see him um, come back down a little bit, and obviously that has not happened. And Josh Allen is turning into a really, really good quarterback in the league. And Maybe turning into was even underplaying it some. Josh Allen is a really good quarterback in the league. Um, I, 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 I hate saying it. Like I said, I hate saying it. Um, but he's at, um, let's see, he's at 64.8% completions this year. Down a little bit from 69% last year. Um, 
15 touchdowns already this season with only three interceptions. So he's brought the ratio down a little bit. Um, he, 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 his quarterback rating or his passer rating is just a little bit below last year at this point. Um, his yards per attempt is down about half a yard, uh, per attempt. So it's coming down a little bit, but he's still such a weapon that they have. And the dolphins have to figure out how to, uh, and I thought the answer was force him to be just a pure pocket passer because he has run against the dolphins so well. And it's been such a pain watching him just run down the field on Miami, but he he has turned into such a good passer too that it's hard to see how the Dolphins can stop him, especially if Xavier Howard is slowed a little bit by these injuries that have been bothering him, especially if the pass rush can't get to him. Um, Jalen Phillips, he, he, he was really, really limited last week. I think it's a lot to do with the injuries that he's been dealing with. So hopefully he is ready to go this week um, so you can get Phillips, Van Ginkle, and uh, Agba going full bore at Allen and making sure that they keep him in the pocket and can get to him. So I don't know. I I, I, I think all of us are probably feeling about the same way when it comes to what exactly this weekend's going to look like. Um. The Bills are a really good team, and the Dolphins have not been a really good team this year. And that's probably going to be a uh, a painful experience. Um, I'm hopeful that the Dolphins can come to play, but they didn't in Miami. So it's really bothersome and really worrisome that they will, uh, they will now have to go into uh, Buffalo and try to come away with a win um obviously the last topic is the upcoming trade deadline um there's there's a lot of things the dolphins could do in the next few days I, i i don't know that i see a trade happening before the weekend i feel like it's going to be a um a post Sunday, so Monday or Tuesday activity. If Miami does anything, um, obviously the top name is Deshaun Watson, and there's all the speculation. Watson has apparently uh, waived his no trade clause for the Dolphins and for the Dolphins only. Um, doesn't mean he won't change that, but uh, you, you do have that report out there. Um, there's conflicting reports on whether the Dolphins and the Texans have agreed to uh, compensation. I don't. I don't think that they they they've probably made it that far. They're probably close if they are in these truly active talks that we've all heard about. But notice that most of those reports are coming from the Houston side. Um, it sounds a lot like Houston trying to drive up some interest from somewhere. I I I, I don't disagree with it. John McClain is a great reporter and he has broken things left, right, and center about the Texans and across the league. So I'm not doubting his reporting at all. I just don't know how much you can agree to terms or agree to compensation and then just not do the trade. Because if the reports are that 
Watson will only go to the Dolphins, why would the Dolphins offer a large trade in return? I, I, I don't know. I think that you still have negotiation there. And then obviously the um, elephant in the room is the all the allegations against Watson. Uh, apparently Stephen Ross has said he would like to see all those cleared up before he would approve a trade. It's really hard to see all that being approved or being cleared up by Tuesday. So either the Dolphins have to come off that stance or a lot has to change in the next couple days. I, I don't know. And, and while I'm recording this, the Dolphins could make the deal. So it could happen at any moment, but I don't know that I actually see it happening. I wouldn't be shocked if it did. But I don't know that I see it happening just because there's so much off-the-field stuff that has to be sorted out before any deal or any comfort for Miami can be be had. So um, we're at just right at 18 minutes. So between the 15 and 20 minutes I said I wanted to go on this. like I said, it's stream of consciousness. It's one take. I'm not editing anything. I'm not trying to uh, come up with, oh, this, I, I, I stumbled over this word, kind of like I just stumbled over stumbled. Um, n- nothing like that. I just wanted to have a chance to just talk and get some things out there. Um, I'm looking right now at the odds for the game, Dolphins at Bills, uh, from DraftKings Sportsbook. Um it opened with Buffalo fared by 13. It's only up to 13 and a half right now. Um, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised by that. I thought it would go up more. Uh, I guess people are thinking that Tua being back can actually keep the Dolphins in the contest a little bit better. So maybe that's where it is. But we'll see what happens. Um, but like I said, um, leave us messages hit me up on twitter at the finsider um and obviously finsider is spelled with a ph but you probably know that if you're listening to this already um let me know what you think of this what you think can happen where where, what you would like to see this type of show evolve into um and we'll see uh how it goes so i'm excited to be back on the podcasting train and uh good talking to all of you Hope you all have a good night or good day if you are listening to this on Thursday. So I will talk to you again on next Wednesday. Good night.